This is the Move Your DNA podcast, a show where movement science meets your everyday life. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist, author, and dynamic ager. All bodies are welcome here. Let's get moving. Welcome, everyone. So there is this quote that goes something like, Aging is just another word for living. And I've been thinking about this quote a lot lately. On one hand, we are all accumulating time at the same rate. We all have a chronological age that aligns directly with the time we've spent alive. But on the other hand, we all have a biological age that's reflected in our cells that is affected by how we live our years So stress, diet, sleep, and movement habits all impact how fast we go through our cells, which is why it's possible to have two people with the same chronological age, but different biological age. Thinking back on that quote, aging is just another word for living, does living mean being alive or does it mean lifestyle? It's actually a good quote because it's both right? The process of aging is affected by both our number of days and how we spend them. Our chronological age is fixed, but our biological age is something we have more control over, and that brings me to Dynamic Aging. Dynamic Aging is a book of mine I co-wrote with four women that I had the pleasure of teaching exercise and alignment to for years before we ever thought there would be a book about it. We started moving together when they were in their late 60s, early 70s, and we wrote the book when they were in their later 70s, after they'd been working on our approach to movement for close to a decade. Dynamic Aging is a book with over 30 moves to practice, so it's an exercise book, but it's also part movement memoir. It includes short stories from Joyce, Laura, Sheila, and Joan using movement in their life, many times in broader ways than they were able to do when they were younger. Then the book is rounded with a new perspective still, that living doesn't even actually have to boil down to cell division, those definitions of living that I was talking about earlier. Living is also the way you engage with activities and other people. And this latter understanding of living is ultimately the most important to us, I think. And it's why I wrote Dynamic Aging in the first place. Because most of what we want to do in life uses our body as a tool. And many don't realize how to maintain the tool of our physicality. But it's possible by investing a little time to maintain your body better, not only for longevity's sake, But so the things you want to do stay available to you, or in the case of so many I've had the pleasure to work with, actually be able to develop their body into greater capability and experience. Yes, even when it comes to physical challenges, and yes, even when it comes to advancing age. So it's been five years since Dynamic Aging was published, and I thought we'd celebrate by getting in touch with my co-authors to see if or how movement was still playing a role in these women's lives as they move toward their mid-80s. So I sent them questions 
and here's what they had to say. Enjoy. If you could sum up the last five years of moving experience, what stands out? Like, what's your most meaningful movement achievement or your best movement memory? Here's what Joan had to say. I think what stands out for me over the past five years is how I've been able to integrate all the things that Katie has taught us so that it's it's actually become a part of my daily life. Just a natural thing to ramp my chin, to get my weight back into my heels, to uh, drop my ribs. And what's amazing about that is that I have less aches and pains. When I first came to Katie, I had chronic back pain. And I rarely, rarely, if ever, have back pain. So that's one of the big things. Uh, my most meaningful movement achievement, uh, I think, was when we were talking about the Thomas Fire. So we have a 10-acre ranch here on the side of the mountain. And after the fire came through, being able to navigate, because it took a lot of agility and strength and and um, balance to be able to walk where there were like big holes in the ground where trees used to be and their and their roots were all burned out and then also jumping over or climbing under it was uh it was really you know that was i guess that was the plus side to having a fire if there is a plus side i think the thing that i'm most excited about is when you ask me my my most meaningful movement achievement i think for me has been i've actually shifted a bit to a different kind of movement being more about so as a, you know, as a certified nutritious movement, restorative exercise specialist, I taught exercises a lot here and um, I loved it. Absolutely loved training people. But then what I realized was that I really wanted to change the paradigm of aging, how people look at aging. And so I realized that just giving them the tools, teaching them how to do exercises was definitely, it's, it's a tool of empowerment, but they needed something more than that. So I, I became a life coach and I actually have a business called Coaching Dynamic Aging. And so what I do is, is I meet with people and like, say, for example, that they want to take on exercise. I have a client right now who came to me because she wanted to exercise, but she just couldn't motivate herself. And so what's helpful is now I can say, okay, so why? do you want to exercise? What will that get you? You know, what's the difference that you think that will make in your life? And when she's able to identify, oh, you know, it will give me better health, it will make me feel younger, it will make me, you know, it will give me all of this. Then on the days when she's not motivated to get up out of bed, go to the gym or sign online, she looks back at, okay, why? Why do I want this? okay, I remember, this is why. And that's basically what gets her going. So it basically helps people to make changes in their lives by finding out why they want it. Yeah, I think that's the movement achievement part for me, is that that's a, it's, it's another way of moving. It's for people to be able to move by changing, by saying, okay, I want this in my life, and to be able to facilitate that. So, yeah. Now let's hear from Joyce. I would say the inner one. That's no surprise to you. Yeah, Joyce, I get that. <laughs> but in another way, of course, movement is very profound and very subtle. 
as well as gross and um, simple. But my greatest achievement, I guess I call it an achievement, I would call it a blessing, is that I have met a teacher, Sadhguru, a couple of years ago during COVID when I was uh, on a YouTube. And I just realized he was, the things, the way he was talking was speaking to the deepest part of my core. And I hadn't been moved that way for years, especially by a living being. I'd been moved by many very inspiring and beautiful human beings, but not at the level of where they are speaking from so directly to this life on this planet in this cosmos. So that began this incredible blessing in my life because I've always wanted to be as aware and conscious as I could be. And I didn't find that an easy path. I was a householder. I was a wife, a mother, a teacher, blah, 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 blah. You know, taking my kids there, doing that. And yes, conscious that that wasn't really the deepest music of life, but it is very connected with life. All of that, all of those roles we play. And now it's Sheila's turn. Well, my my answer is going to be different because I've been in this this, uh, assisted living facility now for a couple of, a better part of a year. And uh, moving is a whole different um, ball game here. I'm probably the person that can move the best in the entire thing. And they make me use a walker because it's um, for safety's sake. So I've learned to appreciate that moving is really uh, a good thing (laughs) and it's good to do it (laughs) and to be able to do it. So things are a little different for me. Well, I just carry my, I just use my walker and sometimes I park it and walk around without it uh, when nobody else is around it just I I usually have someone with me most of 12 hours a day Uh, my son has decided I need to have a um, companion and I really appreciate it because it's someone to talk to right now she's left but (laughs) a good part of the time she's here here's Laura well I think um The the movement training that I've done enabled me to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have otherwise done. Just around home, I can climb a tree. I can can do all my own pruning. Uh, But but my family goes on a a, a pretty good hike every year in the wilderness areas and and camps out. And I can go on those. I can. uh, And I have never... um, I have never lagged uh, behind the, their pace. And they're obviously my kids and grandkids are a little bit younger. Little bit. In the past five years since the book was released, have you changed anything about your movement routine? Here's what Joan had to say. Well, I would say, so when I, when I came to see Katie, and originally I was 71. And what I learned was I had hyperkyphosis. And so I would say that, so the question again is what I've changed about it is I've actually started doing every day a thoracic stretch over the half dome on the floor. And in our book, we have the thoracic stretch, but we have Katie doing it with a chair. And what's cool about getting down on the floor and doing it over the half dome is that uh, 
and down from the floor. And so I actually do that exercise every single day. And it is amazing. I know I can't reverse the hyperkyphosis, but I could stop it. And so over the past 13 years, um, it has not gotten worse, which I'm very grateful for. Very grateful to Katie for, you know, giving us those tools. It's kind of a, it's really a, um, a partnership. It's she gives us the tools, but then uh, we, we have to do it or it doesn't work. Now let's hear from Joyce. Fundamentally, I have changed the entire routine, yes. Fundamentally, I've kept my framework, which is what I remember Katie always teaching. She would say, you can do one exercise. I don't care what you want to do. You know, she would often use, I believe, the foot stretch. Do that one exercise, that will change your life. But I found that for me, what was eternal and will always be is learning the alignment, sitting, standing, and lying down. And it's, it's changed my life at that point. I was facing surgery, two knee surgeries, maybe, maybe a neck surgery. And surgery has never come up since I've been practicing Katie's teachings. Not, I'm, I'm not the best practitioner. I, you know, I waffle. But <laughs> and I taught them, and people were very grateful to learn them as I was. And when I finally left the teaching a few years ago, you know, we still connect with each other and talk about the profound influence of her teachings on all of our lives. So the framework for me is her alignment teaching. That's the fundamental strength and gift that I got from Katie. Yeah, I, I walk. I love walking. I love climbing trees. I love swimming in streams, jumping into a pool, all of those movements. To me, that's life. Yeah. Climbing mountains, barefoot. You know, what greater joy is there? So yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Katie would recognize me as her student, probably, but maybe she would. I wouldn't be her poster child. <laughs> But she is a fundamental teacher that has brought me to this path I'm on now. And I, I treasure her teachings, and I am so grateful for what she did. So yes, I have changed my movement, as, as it's called, movement routine, or my life since five years. And now it's Sheila's turn. I do the exercises, um, a version of them every day, because... Um, we have, quote, an exercise class here, of uh, which I am the only student. <laughs> Sometimes uh, another lady who has Parkinson's and is severely um, handicapped. So, um, but by and large, I'm the only student. So that's nice. I get a nice private class. <laughs> it, it's very, we do it all in the chair. So it's, it's very... Um, basic. Um, I'm working on getting uh, physical therapy people again. Um, and that that's going to be better because they do more things than that. Um, a lot of balance exercises, etc. So we'll see. Um, I was in it for my allotted time. And then they uh, decided that uh, I had I'd done all I could do. I think it's, I don't know, Somehow you can't continue it until the doctor tells you you have to continue it. Here's Laura. 
at first I wasn't uh, consciously doing the exercises, but now I have things in my kitchen and so forth where I'm I'm raising my toes and stretching the back, the back of my legs all day, really. I mean, for a while and then not for a while, but it's it's there and it's part of my life. If you were revamping the book today, is there something new you'd want to include? Is there a new story or any exercises you do daily that aren't in the book? The new story, I would add, is one that's going on now. I don't know. Can you tell I'm excited about it? (laughs) So my husband, Willis, had a right hip replacement in 2020 when he was 84. And Seven months later, we went to Hawaii, and he seemed to have lost his enthusiasm about life. We are, we are very avid hikers, and so I, I didn't understand what was going on with him. So I said, what is it that would put some of the zest back in your life? Um, and he said, you know, I'd really like to go back and hike Vernal and Nevada Falls in Yosemite National Park. And we've done that. We've done them before, but it's been a long time, and it was before he had his hip replaced. And so I said, well, why? See, this goes back to what I was saying before. Why do you want to do that? And ra- rather than going immediately to, well, how the heck are we going to do that? You're only seven months post hip surgery. But asking him why. And so he said, well, I want to know if I can do it. And he said, I want to know if physically I have the capacity now with a new hip to do it and at my age. And so that while we were in Hawaii, we started walking on the beach. And when we first got there, he could only walk about a mile. And we left two weeks later, and he was walking five miles on the beach. So what we decided to do was, we made a, de- a declaration, which is a promise to ourselves that we were going to hike uh, Vernal in Nevada in June of this year. And so this is coming up on us. So last May, while we were in Hawaii, I started, I have a website, you know, for dynamic aging. And I started a blog post thread where every month I've posted about our training program, about our progress, also about the challenges, the the mental challenges that come up like, oh my God, do we have to hike again? Or uh, we've had, we've both had injuries over the past year. Um, We've had uh, a lot of things come up for us that got in the way. It's very fun to track that. Uh, The blog post, the blog thread is called The Journey of Self-Discovery. And it's just been fascinating for us to actually track month by month where we are, how we're doing, what's happening, are we ready? And so this month, we're actually getting ready to do some elevation hikes. We've done, we're up to eight miles, so we feel pretty good about that. The falls are a total of seven and a half miles, straight up. (laughs) And so when we go, um, I'll be 84 and he'll be 86. So we figured, you know what, we're going to be 84 and 86 anyway. So why don't we go ahead to hike? So we're very excited about that. That would be the new story. Yeah, because going back to the changing the paradigm of aging, I think so many times we're, uh, society says to us, okay, at a certain age, you're over the hill, whatever that means. But you're, you're over the hill. And so now be careful, you know, be careful of what you do. And I've always, I've always loved the story of Roger Bannister, who was the first runner to be able to run a mile in under four minutes because Science believed that the human body wasn't capable of that. And now today, people run it in, in less than that. 
And so it's, it's discovering for yourself, you know, what you're capable of. I think that's what dynamic aging is about. My story would certainly change because of where I am and what has happened. Anyway, I did break my wrist. I had a seizure and fell and broke my wrist. So that's kind of how I got here, but I seem to be stuck here now. Uh, And it's easier for my son, who is the primary, my youngest son, caretaker for me. So perhaps we didn't put enough, um, from where I am now, we didn't put enough emphasis on uh, sociability and um, having people around you who are caring. That's, that's pretty important. And uh, yeah, that, that's probably, probably the only thing I would, I would say. Uh, I would also say um, it's best to be, it really is important to be kind to yourself be kind to yourself and be kind about your limitations. I have limitations now and I need to be kind for that and uh, be kind to others too. Cause there's this place is full of people who have to have somebody who wants to be kind to them. Many of them, they're they're They don't see their uh, family at all. So anyway, so be kind. That's one of the things I would say. We're social animals and so we need to have, other people around us yeah wow there are exercises i do daily but they involve climbing a tree or doing my uh it, it it's all part of the same picture i'm in my yard and i'm and i'm uh, taking care of my yard and i have to climb sometimes and i have to burrow sometimes strike that you you ought to cut that because that might scare people away <laughs> i turned into a groundhog i mean you know i guess it could happen but no no it's uh it's it's all about i, I guess having a little more ability in my yard has has made me very happy because i can do more things and i can spend more time in the yard which is a happy place How has your perspective on aging and movement changed since writing the book and goldening five more years? So my perspective on aging has changed in the respect that I think what I was saying before, the the business of coming at it from curiosity. And I think this is why people begin to get old. It's not aging, but it's we're all aging from the day we're born. But it's getting old. And I think part of what happens for people is they lose their curiosity. We reach a certain age and we think, yeah, I know all of that. You can't tell me anything I don't already know. It's also something that I call genuine curiosity, which is a little different. It's not curiosity just for gathering information. It's actually the kind of curiosity that says, why do I want this? Or... What is there that this is, what what drives me? What is it I would really like to accomplish in my life? And then going ahead and doing it to the best of your ability. But keeping that genuine curiosity, I think, is so valuable. It has been for me. Oh, yeah. In these past few years, I have just had so much fun realizing 
how much damn fun aging is. And no one ever told me. And it is just a joy. It is a, a hoot. And, you know, you're wrinkled and you, you can't jump up high anymore. And, you know, sometimes your joints need some treatments, things like that. But that's not what life is about to me. You know, I could be a paraplegic and I could still say life is an incredible gift. And I think that's what I've really pulled together in the last five years is what a what a gift life is. And to grow old is that beautiful place where you're so in tune with life and you understand there is no separation. There is no difference. Life, death are seamless. And you live so much in joy and happiness. And and you see obstacles as something that's a teacher for you, not as something to get frustrated about. So I'd like the whole world to know, damn it, the aging is fun. You, you do whatever you damn like, you know? <laughs> so you don't hurt somebody. <laughs> or yourself. And I would never have called these the golden years. I would just call it aging. It's what it is. And yeah, we, we can choose to be goldening. That's fine. Other people will choose to be rainbows or whatever. I mean, it's, it's our life. Each, each of us has that life, that gift to bring it into the fullest blossom and bloom it can go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. For the first couple of years, I was fine. I was able to do everything I wanted to do. And uh, and then I wasn't. And, um, yeah, that's changed my perspective a lot. As I was saying, sociability and, and having people around you is very important. And being kind. Those are the two things I think that are that are most important for me. Being kind to myself and to others. <laughs> I have people that call me uh, at random times. My neighbor, who I've known for 40 years, and we've lived in the same building, calls me. Uh, he's, he's in vacation in Sedona. They decided to call me. I had a call yesterday from a good friend who's in Hawaii vacationing. <laughs> so people, people have been really nice about calling me. And, and that's really important. It really feels good to have people call you. That That's the way they can most get a hold of me and uh, make it the most meaningful. I like getting cards and letters and that sort of thing, too. But being people calling me is the most important. I found that a couple of people here that I've, I would call friends now. And I eat dinner with them three times a day. So um, that's really nice. I know those people and I, other people too. So, yeah, it's important. <laughs> yeah, I, I am so thrilled that I did the whole process because I have, I have no problems in my, uh, what you call golden years. And um uh, it's just, it's just expanded what I what I can do. I can I can go for a seven day hike with my family if I feel like it. I can even pack stuff. I will say that my my younger 
grandchildren pack as much as I do, but but that's another story. They're they're very strong. <laughs> I'm going to say no more about my child labor uh, help here. <laughs> what is next for you? Like, what are your new movement goals, and how do you plan to reach them? So I think I can't emphasize enough the importance of the foundation that Katie has given us, and the you know in the alignment. And in the uh, restorative exercise movements, the nutritious movement, all of that has just been really, really valuable. And now one of um, Katie's res, restorative exercise specialist, uh, Nancy Burns, who has created an online class for strength building for older adults. Uh, So it's building up core strength. It's building up upper body strength. It's building up. Uh, glute strength, which was particularly helpful for me as I'm getting ready to hike. Uh, Vernal Falls has 600 granite steps to climb. So it's really important to build up that backside. But anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, that is, it's, it's very cool to see the integration of Katie's work, of course, and then to be able to take that a step further. I am on very a sense of deep deep joy that the so-called we call it movement that my teacher offers i call it um inner alignment and he calls it that he says we have a technology in our genes we don't know how to use it we don't understand the potential of the life we all have and, and that we're all equal there is no difference there isn't someone who's a huge spiritual enlightened person we all can become that because that's not what life is about it's about realizing that deep life that is within us waiting to be born waiting to be blooming so i call it a process because to me it is it's an unfolding i never know what's in front of me till i'm there okay but then when i'm there there is a unity in my consciousness where I'm more and more able to just be present with what's there, whether it's doing my asanas, kneading my body with those asanas instead of with hands, and feeling that release in every cell of my body, and feeling the opening of my consciousness at the same time. It's seamless. I think that's more like a process I, I think I've lost a lot of strength in my legs. Getting that back is important. And I have a left hand that likes to just fall asleep. Uh, so I had, need to wake it up. And uh, hopefully the uh, physical therapy will help with that because there's something back in my, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something back here that needs to be attended to. Yeah, my movement goal is to get back to where I was three years ago. (laughs) That's my movement goal. Yeah, it goes away so fast and it takes a long time to get it back. I do hike on the river bottom, which is still a challenge for me, even though I've done it for many years. But um, I want to keep doing that because it continues to be uh, a challenge in some parts uh, the river bottom has water in it part of the year and um and and well we'll leave the bugs out in case somebody else 
thinking of trying it, but it, uh, yeah, it, it's a challenge for me still. And, uh, and I enjoy the challenge. You have all kinds of terrain. You're going up hills, you're going down hills. You, you have to watch the rocks because they're sometimes wet and you don't want to slip on that. Uh, and I have slipped on that. And, and this is definitely the wrong place to say this, but I broke a wrist doing that. So, because I tried to catch myself, which I will never do uh, again uh, in the same way. So let's see. Now that I've told you the worst of it, the best of it is you can stay nice and cool because your feet are nice and icy uh, cold and you're, you have a, a tree covering much of the way and, and, you, and you meet interesting people on the way sometimes and uh, it's all good. You lived and wrote Dynamic Aging for Others, but what's one book you've read that you feel has made a positive impact on your approach to the goldener period of life and the way that you live daily? Oh, there's such a great book out there. And what's cool about it is it's fun. You know, there's stuff that's good for you. It's like, oh, ho-hum. But this is actually a fun book, whether you listen to it or whether you read it. And it's called Big Magic. And it's written by Elizabeth Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And um, she has, she is one of the most creative people I have ever encountered. And this book basically is about the magic of creativity. And that goes back again to the genuine curiosity. What is it I would really like to do? And what would that do for me? But she has such great stories in it. And so I think it's really appropriate at any age, but particularly I found it magical because it, it gave me the idea, the only thing that limits me is me. And so whatever I can think of, I can do it in one form or another. Maybe not, you know, maybe I'm not going to go to the top of Mount Everest, but then I don't really want to. Um, but, but it's that whole thing of recognizing, oh, I'm what's limiting myself. And opening up that space to consider unlimited possibilities. So, yeah, that would be my recommendation. At first, I didn't think I would name a book. And then I realized, yeah, it's called Inner Engineering. And it's by Sadhguru. I took his Inner Engineering course and my life has not been the same. He says, that's the owner's manual to the human being. And he said, you have your iPhone, you have your iPad, you know how to use those. And if you don't know how to use them, then you get frustrated. And he says, inside the technology we have is huge compared to the iPhone, just huge. And so he revamps our whole culture. Education no longer is a matter of memory because you got that iPhone. It holds all that memory. Why do you need to memorize anything? And he fought tooth and nail his parents. And he refused to go to school because he said, I had so many questions, so much, and nobody was answering my questions. And to me, that speaks deeply to me. I, maybe just because I'm a rebel. I don't know. I've never been a big reader. Uh, I like to read. I like books. But I usually do things with my hands. I'm knitting or crocheting or something, which also I miss terribly because I can only do it for a short period of time before my hand falls asleep. I can't say any book in particular. 
kind of limited here to what I can read. Whatever I can find on the Kindle is what I read. They do have a lot of books around here, but somehow paper books are a little harder for me to maneuver. So I, I prefer to, to read books on my Kindle. What is your best piece of movement advice for everyone, no matter their age? So I would say, listen to your body and honor and respect what it's telling you. It's so interesting. Certainly, we want to keep moving. But I think by listening, for me, what has happened is I move constantly. And I'm always aware of my body, just because of my training with Katie. Because um, I'm always checking, you know, where my chin is, where my ribs are, all of that stuff. But it's listening. For example, as a coach, I spend a lot of time sitting, at, you know, in telephone conversations or on Zoom with people. And I notice that after an hour of coaching session, my body is saying, you need to get up and move. I don't like being in this space, you know, where I can't move, where I'm restricted. And so it's that, but it's also listening to when your body is in pain or when something doesn't agree with what you're doing to take a look and don't just push through it. You know, the no pain, no gain. That's never been uh, the philosophy that Katie has given to us. And I totally agree, but it's really, really listen, pay attention. And, you know, you don't have to succumb to every ache and pain, but knowing that it's there and knowing when your body needs movement, I think is the, is the best way to, you know, live a long, healthy life. <laughs> you know, I just think, I think really kudos to Katie for what she's created, you know, it's an amazing, amazing program that she provides. And I, I'm still on the virtual studio. I still maintain my, my 90 hours of, of uh, continuing education so that I can remain certified because I really believe in what she does, what she's taught us. And I absolutely, it's a partnership. I have to, to do it. But doing it, it has paid off for me big time. I'm in better shape now. And I was at 71. And that's saying something. Well, you know what? Also, it's like good. It's like good wine, fine wine, right? I'm getting better with age. Whoever does that? I guess. Listen, honor your life. Allow your life to be your teacher. Wherever it needs to take you, it can make no mistake. It must be perfect for you. You've been given this life. And of living takes movement so being alive means you are following all of the millions gazillions of movements within your life with curiosity with intent with happiness with joy with gratitude and using the anger the, <laughs> the uh, resentment the the pain suffering using that as forgive the word but as manure we can turn that into manure, and from that manure will come the light that's within that darkness. It's covered over, but it, the light is never separate from darkness. So pain, suffering, it's all a gift if we can see it that way, as a gift of the most valuable movement within us, the transformation of our hearts. What more do we need? And that the body is not going to say yes. We have to be 
adamant with our bodies. We have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that movement is a essential, no, no argument part of our lives. Otherwise, we can't be alive. You think of it, every part of our circulation, our organs, our mind, our auras are vibrating with movement, whether it's magnetic or whether it's energy. We are, we are movement. Yeah. Keep moving to the best of your ability. And um, if you have trouble moving, be kind to yourself and keep working on it. Keep moving. That's it. Yeah. Move it or lose it. Yes. I try to do a mile with my walker every day. And it depends on how I'm feeling and everything, but, uh, and whether my watch, whether my phone is working, only works in my pocket to take my miles. It doesn't take my miles off my walker. I don't understand that. Anyway, (laughs) I walk as much as I can. And um, my, my caregivers encourage me, which I really appreciate too. Being encouraged is important. Left to my own devices, I take my heating pad, put it on my belly that hurts, curl up in bed and just stay there. Um, I might get hungry and have to get up. But anyway, I don't do that. Oh, to to wherever you are, make the most of your movement uh, possibilities. For example, I'm sitting on a ball as speaking to you and I'm moving my hips back and forth and it and it not only feels good it uh it is exercising uh I'm doing circles I'm doing squares I'm doing triangles as I'm talking to you and and it seems like that's the way I get a lot of not my movement not sitting on balls but just utilizing somewhere that I am uh whether it's moving my my toes my feet my whatever I I try to um Make the best of every opportunity. It feels it feels right, and and for example, I'm sitting on a ball right now, and it just feels luscious to be able to to uh, move my back in a way that it's uh, straighter and gets exercise too. Don't just jump right into it and walk ten miles. To on, uh, I guess I'm saying to honor yourself by by taking. Uh, Uh, realistic steps initially. So I have found these stories all moving, if you'll forgive me. And I hope you did as well. If you haven't read Dynamic Aging yet, or if you have someone in your life you would like to gift a copy to, you can find or request it anywhere books are available. So that's your local bookstore, or your library or online. It's also available as an ebook, and you can find it anywhere ebooks are sold. So that includes Amazon for your Kindle, also your library, or you can find both the paperback and the ebook at nutritiousmovement.com in our bookstore. So that is all for this show, friends. Until then, listen to your elders. It's like a gift from your future. And no, that's not a riddle. Just think about it. Hi, my name is Kirsty from Scotland. This has been Move Your DNA with Katie Bowman, a podcast about movement. 
Hopefully, you'll find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it's not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such. Our theme music was performed by Dan McCormack, maybe a Scotsman. This podcast is produced by Brooke Armstrong, maybe an astronaut, and the transcripts are done by Annette Yen. Hmm. Find out more about Katie, her books and her movement programs at nutritiousmovement.com.